Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. I got uh, Max and Tom here. Two guys, their names both have three letters. It's not a prerequisite, it's just a coincidence. All right. Uh, these, these guys are here again, which is awesome. Guys, how are you doing today? Very well. Yeah. How are you? Um, I'm, you know, my, my oldest started back to school today again. Oh. Um, yeah, first grade. Freedom. Yeah, and we had to go with him to, like, you know, get him settled. And they do this thing at their school where they have, like, a block party in the bus parking lot. So it's like I almost took a picture just so I could show you guys. It's, it's like the teachers are all out there with a sign that has their name on it so you know who your teacher is. But it's, like, kids everywhere. And they have hula hoops on the back, all the on the ground, and bubble kids are blowing bubbles all over the place. A kid smacked me the hula hoop at least twice as I was just walking past, <laughs> and I wasn't sure who should be more annoyed, me or or her, because I messed up her hula hooping, you know. But yeah, but so and it's just and it was just like black top. So I'm I'm sun is beating down. I'm sweating and I'm there for like you know an hour. And we're sitting there holding our three-year-old in her other hand, trying to make sure our other kid is settled and calm and not feeling nervous. But yeah, man, it's it's cool. It's a little. He takes a little bit more to uh, you know going to a new football league than yeah. than, than going to a a new class. Yeah, uh, it's a little oh. easier. Yeah, he's more comfortable playing the sports. But but yeah, so that's pretty much what's going on with us. Uh, yeah, family stuff, and that's about it. Um, uh, so we we do need to jump in to uh, to the actual show. Uh, so for podcasters out there, just to kind of summarize, we're starting with the Bournemouth reaction. What a weird game! What a weird, weird game! All sides, all sorts of conflicting emotions. You're conflicted about certain specific plays, certain calls. It's just a strange feeling after that match. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, and then we'll talk about, we got a cup match coming up. Uh, we got uh, Rotherham, all right, uh, champ from the championship, newly promoted team, Carabao Cup, all right. And uh, after that, we'll do a, our starting 11 for that match. And I got to tell you, if anybody, if either one of us pegs that right, um, then we, we got, we're clairvoyant, because I just don't <laughs> think anybody's going to be getting that one right. Um and then we're going to finish with some personal stuff. We're actually going to do a little uh, getting to know the team segment where we have to share a little something personal that people don't really know about each of us. And Max is dreading it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't see him, uh, podcasters. But he just showed me a finger. I'm assuming he thinks I'm number one. <laughs> That's what that means, right? Silly American doesn't know what middle finger means. So, uh, Bournemouth reaction, guys. Uh, let's let's just talk about initial feelings. Now, let's not get too specific with the plays. Tom, how did you feel about the result when the dust had settled? Let down. Obviously, if you've got a 2-0 lead, they're for the taking, and you just completely blow it. Obviously, that's 
Every, everyone was saying, oh, thing like, oh, it's been let down again and that kind of thing. We just let down by refereeing decisions and by our own mistakes as well. I think a lot of the goals we've conceded this season have been our own fault. And it's a shame, really. Just We just still make our mistakes, but I'm just... It's not our team yet. We've, we've got five players, I think, who can walk straight into that team. It would not fit at the moment. So it's just so frustrating for us to be playing a weekend team in the Premier League where we've got to be fighting because they're not ready yet. It's like kind of extend the pre-season still because they're just not ready and it's a shame to see. But I, I wasn't too happy with Bournemouth. I think we, we should have got three points there. I was, I was hoping to get three points from most of our games and we've, we've dropped four points from three games already and we've got the big teams coming up soon and we're just taking it too casually. Uh, so it was a bit of a letdown for me. Max, you said it yourself there earlier. I think the game's going to be considered a bit of an anomaly. Anom- how do you pronounce it? Anomaly? Is that all you say? Just, you uh, just a complete one-off game. You know, two red cards, a penalty incident in and of itself, which I'm sure we'll dissect later. It was controversial. Um, but yeah, I've got I've got to agree with Tom. You you can't come away from a game after being two 0 up um, and be pleased with the result. Uh, something that got mentioned on on Twitter. See, so, you know, obviously, you know, they've probably got management companies creating the captions for them for the tweets and their Instagram posts and whatever. But for the players to be posting that they were happy with the fighting spirit and the results, you know, it's not the right take to have on a game where you should be beating the opposition. I've, you know, credit where credit's due. Bournemouth, I thought personally, played well, really well. Definitely in the first half, I thought they were much the better team. They were well drilled off the ball, frustrated us. Um, like Tom said, they, you were a bit pissed off with them in that they were quite dirty, but similarly to Southampton in that in that home game. But all in all, two points dropped and lessons to be learned from it. Uh, yeah, like you guys, I'm disappointed. It felt like a loss. Uh, every single time when we play poorly uh, and we don't get a result, I get up from my couch, I go around the house and I just clean because I'm so, I have so much negative energy that I need to burn off because if I sit there, I can't watch another football game because it reminds me of the shit I just watched. So I can't do that. All right. And I don't want to move on to another sport because it's the same thing. So I literally need something to occupy my brain and my energy. And yeah, so that's what I did. And house looks great now, which is awesome. Uh, because I had that much energy to, energy to burn. I, it was just, it was an agitating result when you, I mean, I was, I felt great. We got that second one. How weird is it? We played better after the red card. Mm-hmm. We took it to them. We were a man well, down and all of a sudden I, we just start I, pressing them. We, we look good. We've been, in that, we've been in that position before. I think, uh, you know, the, the red card for Jags and the red card for Richardson happened near enough around the same time in the match, you know, going into that half-time break. The manager had a big team talk on his hands and he, he seems to have delivered on both occasions because we, we led in that Wolves game and we, we took the lead against Bournemouth. Um, yeah, of course, I thought we responded well and uh, something that I'm, I'm sure we'll probably get into later if we dissect in particular incident. I thought the use of Theo Walcott was crucial, particularly when we went down to 10 men because it is pace. No matter how old he is, I was thinking back, this has been a tool that he's always had in his box ever since he was younger. You know, his pace is a difference maker in a game. His goal and the red card were both him getting in behind and no one could cope with him. Um, 
I'm trying to be as objective as I can because, as I say, the game was a complete kind of one-off. But, yeah, we, we've got to be disappointed with it. And, as I say, lessons learned. So, having tools in your box, like that pace of Walcott, is something that we can use further forward. Just to stay a little bit positive, Max, who's your, who was your personal man of the match? Um, I, you know what? I was going to say Pickford because his distribution was spot on, I thought. But given that, that second goal, he could have done a bit better with the second. I'm going to go Gilfy Sigurdsson. Um, I thought he just he, he's showing he's showing his worth now. I think he's he's causing danger in the area that he gets into, and although he's not gifted with pace, his ability to manipulate the football to do whatever he wants it to do is something quite unique. Mm-hmm. You know, cause getting like that that incident where he whipped the ball into the box right on the six yard line and made Begovic come out for it. Although it was probably our only chance of the first half, it shows the the damage that he can cause to opposition. So. You know, good good performance from Tom. Who was uh, who was your man of the match? Um, I done the player ratings for the Sophie Blues and put um, two on the same level. I put as Max has said, I put uh, Sigurdsson and Pickford both a seven out of ten. Which uh, there was no standout man of the match really because no one played out of the skin. Both those two was it were a solid t- seven out of ten. So they were they were the best on the on out of a bad bunch really. But um, yeah, I thought. Pickford shaking off a bit of his rust that he started the season with because he wasn't quite ready. I know he's really eager to get back, but I think after his holidays and after the World Cup, it was quite a strenuous one for him. I think he was a little bit rusty at start, even his distribution as well. But as we've said, it was much better uh, last weekend. So that was that was better to see. And I thought Sigurdsson played to his normal level with his normal class. So uh, it was good to see him playing well as well. But it's, it's just, um, I thought Walcott as well, to be fair, Walcott stepped up. I think when Richarlison got sent off, he got better and got more into the game because he has been a little bit peripheral in some games this season. But um, I thought after Richarlison got sent off, he kind of stepped up and thought, I'm going to have to put a shift in here. And he did. And he, he got that goal, which he deserved. So, as well. Uh, I had some trouble with the man of the match because, like you guys said, it didn't seem like anybody specifically stu- stood out. You know, um, there were some weaknesses, and we're going to go into that in just a second. Uh, I considered just because his improvement has been so great over the past. I considered Keane just because he looks a lot stronger. Um, I'm not sure if he could have done a little bit better uh, on some of their uh, set pieces, though, um, in terms of corner you know, covering. Uh, but honestly, I, don't know, I can't give any specific examples of that. I can't right now. Um, I, I thought about Walcott because I thought he could have tracked back on defense better. Several moments where the other team had gone the opposite direction, and I saw him kind of jogging, then walking back to get back on D. I kind of see that as a problem if you're a man down, you know. But he's just so good in other areas, and he, he looked great. You're, you guys are right. Um, it's hard not to – I don't know. I, I always look back on Idrissa Gay, and I say – he just his leg. I'm surprised his legs don't fall off. Yeah, I I don't know anybody that puts a shift in like him every game for us. Um, Sigurdsson does work as well. That's the other thing about Sigurdsson. I think people don't realize is his work rate. Uh, it's astounding. But I'm gonna I'm gonna fall back. And go uh, just again again. I just I can't help it. Uh, so uh, did you guys feel like the Coleman challenge? was a penalty did you guys feel like the Tosin challenge was a penalty 
either one of those, uh, or or was it a situation where uh, they were good no no calls? Uh, Tom, you want to start with that? Um, I thought the the Towson one definitely could have been. Uh, that was a that was a bit contentious. Like the, the, I've seen them given kind of thing, but talking today, I was in a podcast earlier. We were talking about the standardisation of refereeing in the Prem because every ref would make a different decision on calls like that and the rules need to be more specific because it's very subjective at the moment and some some referees are given, some wouldn't and it's just it's very contentious but it does seem like decisions have gone against us a lot so far this season um, with ones being not given and obviously others being given as well and things like red cards and stuff but we just haven't had the luck so far and I hope it's going to swing back around but we just haven't, we haven't been lucky so far with the refereeing decisions. Max, your thoughts on those two? Uh, no calls. Uh, I don't think the the Coleman one was. Um, I agree. I agree with the the Tolson one again. It it kind of boils down to this: how rules and laws are interpreted subjectively by referees. And I think when you have incidents like that, it, it highlights other incidents in the game. And you just look at that Baines chance. And I know we've discussed it ourselves in in, in the little group chat we've got, but. I, I, I thought the decision to give that foul on Wilson by Baines is absolutely ridiculous. I, I just I don't think the contact the, the contact was enough to constitute Wilson to go down like that. It was just kind of like a bump from the back. They were you know eyes on the ball, following the ball. He's coming towards his man, and you know they're both standing up. Wilson's not leaning one way or the other. Correct me if I'm wrong. And Baines just kind of nudges them in the back on towards the ball. And he kind of falls to his side. And then you see the likes of the Tosin incident and you just see, oh, well, I've seen them given. Uh, again, it, this, this, the standard of refereeing in lately, particularly in, in England, is just really disheartening. My problem is consistency. Okay, that's yeah. the number one thing just within the game. Okay, it doesn't have to be as much game to game. Every referee is going to have those moments where they, they feel like they need to tighten up, the game's getting out of control. Certain referees, good referees, know how to navigate, how to manage, essentially, their game. Uh, but this situation, if the Baines challenge was a penalty, then those other two should have been. That's my problem, okay? Because there is contact on both of them, and I would even I would even say there's an equal amount of contact on both of them compared to the Baines challenge. Okay, that's my issue. I personally, if I'm refereeing, I don't call either of those three. All right, it's the Premier League. Mm. It's physical. Let it be. You know, it's going to happen. But but it, yeah. it, that's my issue is consistency. That if that ref is consistent, then I'm we wouldn't be having this conversation. Agreed. You know. Um, and the Richarlison red, we all know, I mean, the actual motion itself is not super threatening. He's getting the guy off of him. He wasn't intending to hurt him, clearly. But that motion, according to the rules, means he has to get a red card. You know? Mm. And that's what sucks. I'm watching it, and I see that jackass, oh, my God, you know? Mm, so angry watching that. I just blood boiling. Uh, and, and I think every single one of us thought karma, you know, when he got his red. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, it has to be everybody thinking that. Um, but yeah, uh, just a 
I, I thought we didn't perform well in the first half. I mean, I actually saw Coleman having a rough game for a while there. thought he brightened up in the yeah. second. First half, though, he did not look good. He was giving the ball away really cheaply, uh, making a lot of silly mistakes. Not him. No, I, not I his know, style. I, know, I noticed that we... The emphasis had shifted. Obviously, we saw, particularly in, in the Wolves game, the Southampton game, how much we used the left-hand mm-hmm. side. This game, almost straight away, we seemed to use the right as, a, as our kind of basis to go off. Uh, and as you say, both of the players on the right side, obviously, I think Walcott of the two came more into the game, particularly in the second half. But that first half, neither Coleman or Walcott looked up for it. You know, you saw touches going astray, um, playing undercooked passes, not making it to the ball, it, it was frustrating and uh, you kind of got the impression after the first 15, 20 minutes, oh, Everton aren't up for it here. Yeah. Um, and it was dis- disappointing, particularly when Richarlison went off because you kind of thought, ah, oh, we, we, we've lost that if, if factor on the left now as well. Um, as you say, that the, the whole incident there, it, it just makes you laugh, doesn't it? Kind of that Adam Smith, the boy who cried wolf and, <laughs> and got his own way. But... Um, as you say, it, it, that for me confirms contacts just gone out of the sport. Yeah. Um, I, I said it to Jerry earlier yesterday that um, the likes of Roy Keane and, and Patrick Vieira be pissing themselves if they saw incidences like that. But it, it is what it is. It's the way the game's evolving, and hopefully, the the wrong can be righted. Hopefully, going going forward, but it doesn't give you hope. Mm. So. Uh... We do have to mention, uh, for those of you who weren't watching, rather serious injury to Michael Keane late in the game. He was, when it happened, he you know jumps up, collides with Idrissa Gay. He looked out. He looked completely, after contact, when he hit the ground, he didn't move. All right? Very scary situation. They brought in that, whenever they bring in that neck stabilizer, and they bring in the stretcher, and me, and I did not see his legs move. I didn't see his hands move. I was just worried it was a neck thing, a neck or a back thing. That scared me so much for him. Um, turns out it's a hairline fracture. He's only going to be out three to four weeks, which is crazy to me. Um, frankly, as bad as that looked, he was actually a little lucky, you know? Um, yeah. Best to Michael Keane. We know you're watching. We know you don't like it when, when we give you a player scenario and we say you can't survive on a desert island. But, huh. you know, you've been really working hard this season. So get well soon, Michael. All right? Because, uh, you know, I call, uh, we're on a first-name basis, guys. That's how we, you know, me and Michael. <laughs> Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anything else on this bizarre, I don't know how to really feel situation? Because, I mean, in context – after we went down a man, we did fight. There, is, there are some positives there. It's just the collapse just felt very familiar. Very Everton, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> I just don't think that team's ours yet. And I'm just looking forward to seeing the five players who will walk into that side actually get in there because it's not the Everton that is a, like, just sitting there waiting to be released. And it's just, it's just a weekend team. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing the actual Everton that we know will come good. So at some point Who in the knows, season. we might be seeing uh, a couple of those new guys, maybe two or three playing coming up this week. We'll talk about that later. So, guys, I guess that's it for our Bournemouth reaction.
so we're gonna we're gonna talk Rotherham United, uh, a team which I am not super uh, with which I'm not super super familiar. See, I wanted to get my you know language right there. Uh, they're newly promoted to the championship. Uh, they're fifteenth right now at two. I think they've won two and lost three. Uh, and they recently beat Millwall one nil and lost to Hull three two. Um, so I could spit out some starters here, guys, but their starters have varied so greatly from match to match. It's just I don't I, I don't think I can really predict who is going to be there. They have center mids that sometimes start at center back. <laughs> it's stuff like that where it's hard to get a, an accurate bead. Oh. Um, and, and somebody who's having to research and get this, uh, you know, in a short amount of time, it's not very accurate. But football, I do. Boy. <laughs> but I do know that they're very dangerous from set pieces. That is what they're strongest at. Um, and they got a guy Manning who plays one of their center mid positions, who uh, kind of whips those crosses in, distributes really well from those, and that could give us problems. Uh, in terms of uh, actually defending those, because we're not great at that. Um, so, guys, initial thoughts about our Carabao Cup matchup. Max, you want to start this one? Um, the, the, I think it's always kind of a, a touchy subject whenever it gets on to Everton in the League Cup. Um, I, I, I've said a few words on it myself. I think it's quite ridiculous how we can have nine league titles, five FA Cups, and no League Cups at all. Um, it's kind of a voodoo that kind of lays itself over the club, but um, that, obviously that in itself presents a mental challenge that we need to kind of overcome if, as the competition progresses. Um, then, as you say, newly promoted side up into the championship, they'll be um, they'll be raring to prove a point. Um, and I'm, as I'm sure our lineup will be pretty varied. You'll ho- you just hope that maybe one of the new signings will rear the head and, uh, and show us a glimpse of what's to come. That'd be awesome. Tom, what do you think about this? Yeah, I think a cup run is crucial this season. Because we're not going to set the league on fire. Um, we're not quite ready yet this season. It'll take a while for our proper team to set in. But I think a, a good cup run is crucial. Because I think our team isn't the strongest at the moment. So if we can get through the early rounds, maybe have a couple of decent draws. Like, uh, obviously, Rotherham's a team we can get past. Hopefully, a uh, little bit of a team maybe not our strongest team hopefully we can get past them anyway and by the time the later rounds come around with the bigger teams we'll be ready for that with our better team out there so I think a cup run's crucial if fans are going to properly take to Marco Silva because I think we won't as I said we won't set the league on fire but I think a cup run could be the key to proper settling them and getting his feet on the table and keeping the fans happy so they're not too impatient with them so I think this could be the one I didn't even know that stat about the league cups that's that's quite amazing to be honest but um I think um, th- th- this is the time to end it. Surely, then, if we can, uh, if we can have a good cup run this time round, and uh, I'm hoping Marco Silva puts a strong, strong side out tomorrow because I think uh, this could be an opportunity. Does this sound as unnatural to you guys to call it Carabao Cup as it does to me? <laughs> yeah, just, I, I want to just call it League Cup. That's what every, I want to call every, it. But everybody, every, yeah. everyone just calls it the Carling Cup. It, it, it just it hasn't like it, it, and that's <laughs> one of its older sponsors now I think it's gone through a few rebrands before reaching the Carabao Cup um, I, I, I agree I think it's a bit ridiculous in the amount of commercial rebranding that a, that a cup takes it's the league cup always has been always will be to me 
Yeah, Capital One Cup, I think, was previously oh, what it was called, which sounds even more corporate, you know. Uh, <laughs> so we just um, see, isn't it? Yeah, just see. <laughs> which, is, I, which is, I think they're doing that. On, on, it's smarter marketing because it yeah. rolls off a little bit, you know, cleaner. Uh, yeah, still. Uh, I'm just going to call it League Cup. That's what I want to do. Um, uh, we need to get into predictions somehow despite really not knowing a lot about this squad that we'll be facing. Um, we do get to play at Goodison, which is cool. Um, having a, a cup tie at home, that's, I feel like that doesn't happen for us as often. I feel like we always mm-hmm. get a smaller team and we end up having to go to their, you know, we get like Stevenage and we have to go to them or something yeah. like that, you know. Um, so what are you guys thinking in terms of score? Tom, you want to lead this one? Um, I'm hoping it's going to be three or four nil, and we can just properly just roll them over a little bit. But um, I think we probably will concede. So um, at least one, as you say, with the danger from set pieces and uh, with our defence being a bit all over the place at the moment, I can't see us conceding. So maybe go with three one. Okay, that that that's it, isn't it? Really, that's the the kind of um, the problem that presents itself is will we concede? Um, uh, we've had a few. We've con- I've got you know thinking back to these. Cup ties that Jerry's referred to against the lower league side, we do tend to ship maybe one. But I'm just open. I, re- I remember Oldham a few years back where they done us over in the early round of the cup, and I'm thinking, God, I, I hope it doesn't turn out to be one of them. But you know, fingers crossed, we can express our dominance in this game and you know show the, you know show the football that Marco wants us to play in the Premier League against a lower opposition and boss the game. So I'm gonna go for a three 0 I'm going 4-1. I think we're going to concede from a set piece just because I think we're, we haven't gotten that worked out yet. But I think we're going to score some goals here just because, I don't know, we've been doing it. We've been, mm. we've been uh, scoring. We've been putting them through. So I, that's, I'm thinking 4-1, Neos hat trick. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> oh, I hope that happens. Just saying. All right. So um, there is there are some – difficulties trying to predict what the lineup's going to be here. Um, in particular, what's going to happen in the middle of the park. Uh, we have to talk about that. We're going to go into that in our starting 11 segment. Teasing. Check that mm-hmm. out. It's the next video. So I guess that's it for our rather rather United preview, Carabao Cup tie midweek. Let's do this. We got to talk Carabao Cup tie with Rotherham. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, starting eleven. I had trouble developing my start of, starting eleven, guys. I don't know if you guys have, but I don't think this one picks itself. I think this one's actually kind of difficult. Uh, Tom, I think Max started the last one. So, if you want to get going on this one, go on. I'll kick it off. I think. Um... I wasn't sure about in goal starting off. I was, I was like, because a lot of the time you'd have a you'd have a cupkeeper. So I'm thinking Stecklenberg will step in, but Pickford's not fully rust like shook off as all his rust yet. He's not quite. I don't, I don't say fully fit, but he's not all there. So I think he could benefit from another game in goal. So uh, I've gone for Pickford in goal again. So because um, I think we need him there as well because Stecklenberg is a bit of a liability. So I've gone for Pickford in goal, and then for the defence, I think this is the one. Where Dina will come in for Baines, and hopefully that will continue in the future. So I've got uh, Dina at left back. I think centre backs 
I'm not really sure because we haven't got many options already. Obviously, Jags is not fit. is not fit yet. And uh, I think Zuma will come in, though. Um, so, obviously, I think um, Keane's suspended, isn't he? So, I think it'll be Zuma and Holgate uh, as a centre-back pair because um, we haven't really got much other options. Hmm. And um, John Joe Kenny could come up in at right-back um, if, he's, if he's fit and everything. So, um, I think Colm needs a bit of a break as well after the... Uh, Needs to maybe a step out the team, have a, have a little step back and uh, look at himself in the minute. But um, so yeah, uh, Dina, Zuma, Holgate, and Kenny, and then in the midfield, I th- I'm not sure if he'll go for a number six and two attacking midfielders with it being against Robberham because he has speak he spoke about before having um, one sitting deep and two attacking midfielders. But so far he's he's gone with Gilfie in the number ten role, so I'd like to see that employed. So. Um, but the only thing is we haven't got a fit number six profile. Obviously, the two will be Schneiderlin and Gomez. So I think he, he will stick with the same system. In midfield, it's it's a bit... I'm not sure what's going to go on. I think I'd like to see the Kieran Dahl in number 10 role. Though, so Kieran Dahl in number 10. And then the two central midfielders. I think Tom Davis might keep his place trying to redeem himself from the weekend. I don't think he was strong enough at the weekend. Though, Tom Davis. Um, what other options have we got in terms of centre-mids? Um, he might... <laughs> Who else have you got in sense of mid? I think um, no. Th- this is where I got. This is where I got tripped up. All right, yeah. more than any other position because we don't know. I think if Beningami is is healthy, then he starts there. You know what I mean? But we're under the impression he's still got that ankle injury. I don't know if he's match fit. Schneiderlin. Yeah. I don't think Schneiderlin's match fit. I think Schneiderlin will play this weekend, but I don't know if he's ready. So, yeah. and we just. Sent Joe Williams off to, yeah. <laughs> to Bolton, uh, and uh, McCarthy's not healthy yet, and we just sent Besic off as well. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, we do Maybe have gay the this place, then? gay. I, I wrote gay down as a possibility, but you know we do have uh, the possibility of us one of our center backs playing that position as well. You know, I even it, it occurred to me even to possibly move Zuma into that position and then bring Feeney in to pair with Holgate uh, from the under-23s. I don't know if that's going to happen. I just thought of that when you were talking. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I, you, what you're talking about right now, that's my, that's my dilemma, and I don't know the answers. Yeah. So. That's the problem in the middle of the park anyway. Um, I think it will be rotated up front. I'd like to see Bernard start. I would love to see him start on the right wing. I've got him. So we arrest Walcott. He would play Nias up front, I think, and um, that would be Nias's little chance to shine up front and get his hat trick, as you said before. And um, <laughs> I, I think Sandro Ramirez is looking like he's going to leave, but he might get a chance on the uh, on the on the left, maybe just to see how he'll do. But I think he will leave. I don't think Lochman will get a chance. I think Lochman's not head's not in the right place at the moment. I don't know where, but Lochman's definitely not in the right place to start at the moment. So I don't think he'll be even be excluding the squad. So. I think Sandro could get another chance in the League Cup so, just before he's sent off. So uh, that'll be my starting eleven, yeah. Max. Um the, obviously we we were talking about this last time we were recording that um that Virginia ended up getting, you know, a standing round of applause yeah. after his performance for the under twenty threes. However, I don't know. I I think with the faith that Silva showed in Stech in the preseason, I think it's probably gonna be Stechlenberg in goal. Um, I agree with Tom on the back line. I think it's going to be Dina, Holgate, Zuma, and John Joe Kenny as well. Um, I, I, I mean, uh, Coleman didn't have the greatest of games, um, but I don't think it. 
a punishment as much. I just think it's, you know, have, have a sit out, you know what I mean? Nothing too much more complicated than that. On the dilemma in the middle of the park, I think I'd go for the same midfield. I'd go for um, just a gay sitting deep as the whole midfielder. And the, kind of, the idea that Tom touched on before, which is something that I'm a big fan of, is kind of having these two two attacking-minded midfielders that can thread the ball through and, uh, and feed off the, the front line. Um, I think that's perfect for Dowell and Davies to play together. Um, I've just finished the five things we learned from the uh, the Bournemouth game, and one of them basically was I don't think Tom Davies is a holding midfielder. I think his skill set, the ability to play on the turn and win fouls, I think that's suited so much more for being further up the pitch and as a ten or as an eight almost, you know. So I think, and I think as I've said it many times, I think Dow's kind of a a little version of Gilfie Sigurdsson. Really, I think he just kind of got the same skill set and ability. So. Those two as the you know the predominantly attacking players in the midfield and, and the front three. Hmm. I, I was gonna say I was gonna say Luckman and get out there and, and he say you know prove your point almost because I know this it might even if he plays well it might bump up his valuation just a bit more if the, if he is to go off to Leipzig. But I agree that I don't think he's gonna start. I think Sandro will probably go in his place. I know it's been quiet from Sandro from the start of the season because he hasn't been involved in the the lineups or the bench, has he really? But um, I think he'll get he'll get in Sandro on the left or, or the right. You you never quite know. Um, Umar up front, I agree, I agree with that. Or hmm, again, or DCL because he seems to have a, a, a tendency for DCL. Um, no, no, I'll go for I'll go for Cal- Calvert Lewin uh, as the number nine. And although I'd, I'd love to see. Bernard, I don't know. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to start. Start. I don't think he's got that in his engine yet. So, um, actually, I'll go for Sandro on the right, Nias in the middle, and Luckman on the left. All right. There we are. Uh, yeah, and mine is going to look similar to these guys in the back. All right. Uh, I, I think he's going to roll with Stack. Um, part of me really wishes that. Joe Virginia would get that chance because I, I want to see him play. You yeah. know, I want to see that guy play. Apparently, he he looks good. Um, but I don't think he's been around long enough to have that number two spot yet. Uh, so I think he'll give it to Steck. Um, and I think Kenny, Holgate, Zuma, Dina. That's I think that's what the back will look like. Uh, just a gay... If 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 Benigni is healthy, I could see Benny playing there, uh, but he just hasn't played a second, and I don't even think he's been in a match day squad yet. So, yeah, probably not going to happen. Uh, but I do I did think I read that Silva does like him, and he has been impressed with him. So, whatever that means. Um, so just a gay Davies and Dowell. I think he'll give Sigurdsson a break because he runs. I wish he yeah. could give Gay a break. I feel like of everyone, Gay needs a break. You know, uh, but I, we just don't have it right now. So he'll just have to get a break later, I guess. Um, and then up front, I've got uh, DCL on one wing, Bernhard on one wing, and Nias in the middle. Uh, he has a tendency to run DCL on the wing sometimes. Uh, and I don't think Lookman's got, uh, is going gonna, is gonna to get much of a look in. Uh, he's got his head firmly, uh, well, you could say at Leipzig, or you could say up his own ass. 
Uh, it depends mm-hmm. on where you want to go with that because, frankly, yeah, I, I've been disappointed in Adamola. Maybe there's more we don't know. Maybe I'm being unfair. But I think, I think either he's off or he's being taught, hey, earn your place. It's one of the two. Um, so I guess we'll find out about that. Uh, yeah, uh, no Richarlison, obviously, due to red card. And no Mina and Gomez until after the international break. So, uh, yeah, guys, just a perfectly inconsistent starting 11 from all of us. Uh, back lines were similar, but that's in center mids. I think we we all kind of went for Dowell playing, and I think we all went for Davies playing. Um, but yeah, kind of all over the place. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of the way it is with League Cup ties. You know, you never know who the coach manager wants to give time to. Uh, so. We are going to wrap up the show with a little bit of a personal segment. Uh, Max doesn't do so well with personal stuff, so we may not have him go first or last. We may have him go in the middle. But basically what this is, we thought it would be a cool idea to kind of give a little bit of information, some surprises about about ourselves, something that maybe the, the rest of us in this, that, in the, that are actually in the podcast don't even know. You know, I mean, we sit there and we record content together, but we're not hanging out all day in between. So there's a lot that they probably don't know about me. And, they're, you know, same thing. Uh, I, I definitely don't know anything about them. Uh, I don't even know who styles Max's beard. <laughs> you know? There's oh, a whole team of people. Oh, not yeah. well, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's, this is a podcast, so you just have to envision a very thick... I guess it's about a one and a half inch beard. Robot. You know. Audible. Too scopy. <laughs> but uh, so so we're, this this is kind of a getting to know you segment. Uh, yeah. Because we don't, our our lives are almost entirely about football, but not completely. So let's start with Tom. Tom, what does what what do you feel like if if you were hanging out with people, a story you tell them about about yourself that maybe everybody doesn't know. Yeah, I'm a runner as well in my spare time. I do athletics training. So um, I'm an 800 metre runner at the moment and I've done 152.99 at that. So it's a bit, little bit jammy. It's not a real 152. But <laughs> I've, done, I've done 152. That's all I normally say. But yeah, can, yeah, I, yeah. can I cut in and tell the, the audience, if you're listening and if you don't know a whole, about, whole lot about track and running... I ran that same race in high school, and I was the fastest one at my school, and I ran it at best, like 203, 204, two minutes, three seconds, two minutes, four. His time is absurdly good. It is really, really good. So that's really fast. You just need to know that. So go ahead, Tom. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Thanks, I said sorry, so. <laughs> yeah, I got close to like um, GB youth when I, when I was uh, at, that, at that level. But um, the problem with running, really, is that I'm... Somewhere between the 400 and the 800. I'm a 600 meter runner, really, and that's not an event. So it's not very good. Mm-hmm. So um, they do like the odd open and stuff like that. And um, in that, like, I did a few of them, and I did a decent one, and I got like top three UK all time or something like that. But it's not an event. So it, it just didn't happen. So that was my big frustration because I've, I've ran for about eight years now, and it's just, if, if that was an event, 
I would have run for GV. It would be at that level, but it's it's not. So it's not worked out. But I've tried my best at 800 meters, and some sometimes not really worked out. So I'm, uh, I'm. But yeah, that's that's my little story. That I run in my spare time. I do a lot of running as well. So yeah, you need to start a petition. Get a 600 yeah. meter goal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, get that. I go for me, man. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's get the 600 meter happening. I would watch yeah. that. I would watch a, a, a lap and a half. I would totally watch that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they do the odd one and like the, the odd little snazzy event where they one in there and stuff and being some mad times. I think like um, David Radisha is the world record holder for the 800 meters. He's done it in 141. And, um, oh, 141. Oh, yeah, something like that. Anyway, and um, he did something like 112 for the 600 meters, which is unbelievable. It's crazy, but um, mm. yeah, it's it's a it's it's a difficult little dilemma. But yeah, I run for Liverpool Harriers, which is down at Waverley, so um, which is where I live anyway. So I'm based there and I do a lot, spend a lot of my time there. <laughs> that is, yeah. So, gosh, I didn't realize you were that good. You know, you were that close <laughs> yeah, to like national team and stuff. <laughs> that's that's really really good. Holy crap, that's better than I've been at like anything. So, yeah, that's incredible. Um, all right, so, Max. Hi, Jerry. Be, be gentle with Max. He's, if we were at the pub right now, he could tell a story about himself super easy. He'd have a yeah, pint, and it would, just, it would just flow like wine. <laughs> but this is a podcast. <laughs> well, to, to, to me, this is talking at me, talking at me computer, pretending it's a person. <laughs> that, that's where it comes in weird for me that's where it's different weird for me oh no if you're just I mean it's just me asking you a question Max tell me a story that I didn't know about you boom well um, the less said about me playing days the better could have been something uh, injury made sure that wasn't the case uh, oh that's awful after school got into coaching um Complete. I got I got offered to do my level two after my assessment. You know, you, you look fully capable of doing your level two, but I just thought, you know what? I felt like being a good citizen. I thought, you know, I, I, I'll um, I'll be blooded in the right, the correct way, the right way. I'll start with my level one, which looking back is a stupid decision to make. I just don't know why I didn't take the jump start and get me one and me two within the same year. Um, but I'm gonna say it shows me dedication to it, but it doesn't. I suppose it's just me being a bit stupid, really, and not taking my level two. Um, completed my level one, um, but even before that, I got sent out on a on a um, a placement with a company, you know, school around Liverpool, basically being a PE teacher. Although although it wasn't the end game of what I wanted to eventually do, you know, as you as your natural progression, you take opportunities like that. So ended up in a primary school in Walton, being a prime, uh, being a PE teacher every Friday. Uh, they said that be a placement, obviously unpaid for a few weeks, see how you go, and then we'll end we'll um, we'll get get you onto the payroll, ended up ended up staying there for about half a year. Mm. Didn't see didn't see a penny. Mm. Um so that that was a bit of a bummer. But I think one of the big things that made me just think, you know what, I don't even get paid for this shit was one day we were going in, you know, we had a day of um I, I, I got a black eye one day, but that was only pissing about with me mate who was on the job with we were playing <laughs> with like the kid the kid rockets and that I ended up getting twatted in the eye with some rocket. <laughs> got a black eye. Um <laughs> What the one of the thing that proper just made me think no was we were you know the pla- the parachute thing that you play with with kids mm-hmm. like the multicolor thing you spin it round so we're playing with this parachute you know you pull it in pull it out one of the kids is in the middle and there was twins in the school 
and there was like one good twin and one bad twin, and the bad twin when we were playing this parachute game bit me hand, like just, just <laughs> proper took like a, a, a nibble at me like Suarez or something, <laughs> and I, I just thought, you know what, kids will be kids, and I'm used to that because I've got you know I've got a kid brother and a kid sister, and that's just what they do, but. For to be to be on the job and get a chunk took off you by a kid, I just thought, you know what, I don't get paid enough for this shit. <laughs> and then um, I, I turned up one day expecting to be coaching, and they were like, no, they're off for holiday, and no one had even told me. And I thought, you know what, coaching's not for me. So I took the more academic route to the coaching off. I'm now I'm looking at getting into the media. There's your story about me. You happy? See, I, I actually thought that was great, Max. So from now on, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask the question, and I'm not going to tell you, hey, let's make this personal. I'm just going to ask you a question and let you roll with it, and I'm not going to build it up. That's, I think that's, it's like ripping off a Band-Aid. You know what I mean? Just do it fast, and it'll be fine. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I was going to ask you, you answered the question I had for you, which was, you know, are you, would you still go into coaching? But it sounds like you're, you're focused more on the media, which I mean, obviously, you know, you're doing a lot of writing and you're doing, you know, podcasts and video. So uh, that makes sense. Um, if there was money in it, would you like coaching a little bit more or was it just not your style personality-wise? Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 um, if I, I would have got paid during that time when I was at the school, I probably would have carried on my path, you know what I mean? I didn't want to be a... I didn't want to work for some sort of small company as a PE teacher, but I just saw it as like a natural stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Um, but once it got to the point where I hadn't seen a pound and I'd been working there for so long and it didn't look like I was going to pr- progress beyond, like I got, we got given a lot of false promises by the um, the lad that we were doing our course with. And ah, the past, the past, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm on my own. I'm on into something new now, so yeah, onwards and upwards. See, I say that because I coached a lot of, like, I coached a, a local high school because I was teaching there as well. I was teaching English, like literature and creative writing, and I was coaching, you know, coaching the football team there. And uh, if you do the math for how much I get paid for coaching, it's like less than a dollar an hour. If mm. you do the, uh, if you do the math. Which they just don't pay youth coaches enough. They definitely yeah, don't do I, it here. I, I don't know about I, there. I, I agree with that. I because I ended up going on like a little venture of my own with my cousin. We ended up starting our own team. I think it was an under elevens team. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I, I think we got like a, a season or two in. And obviously, with me past experience at that school, I just think all the joy kind of got sucked out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was probably turning up to games too hungover for me on good to, to be able to coach the kids to hold me hands up and be honest. But <laughs> I think that kind of added to the, the entire the joy getting sucked out of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got to a point where I just, I was not happy doing it at all. Um, but then and I, told, and I told my team and the parents and everything, I said, you know, I'm probably not going to coach again until I coach my own kids. And that's what, what happened. You know, yeah. my, when my... My now six-year-old would turn three. I coached his team of three-year-olds. Nice. You know, and that was it. But to be honest with you, I kept coaching them, and I got to like it again. And I realized yeah. how much football I had watched between my last coaching job and now, and I would be a much better coach now. Just a mm-hmm. much better coach. But I have a different career now. 
And who's got the time to let go? Because my kid plays on a different team now, so he doesn't need me to coach now. You know, so it's like I realized I, I like coaching again, but I, I, I can't. That's the, it's just, it just kind of, yeah. it's just the way the world works. I don't know. Mm. Um, Come on, Jetty. Okay. What's your personal this story? Is, you know? This is just, this is kind of a weird thing that happened, okay? Um, so after I left teaching, I went to go to work at like a place like a bank. It's called a credit union. I don't know if y'all have those, but uh, yeah. And I, I was just working there just so I could write in my spare time. I wanted to focus on being a screenwriter. And I was doing that mm-hmm. in my spare time. Um, and my friend gave me a call. I just connected with this guy a year before. He's a friend of mine from way back. And we had become good friends again. And he gives me a call and says, Jerry, I won a trivia contest. And I'm like, I, okay. Well, he worked at a movie theater. And it was a movie trivia contest. Okay. So, anyway, he had won a trip to LA, okay, and he wanted me to go with him, Woo! okay, because he didn't have a girlfriend. He didn't have a girlfriend at the time. Obviously, he would have taken his lady friend, you know, uh, but no. So he asked me to go because he thought I would appreciate it. And I'm sitting here thinking, should I take advantage of this opportunity? Because I've got a script I've just finished. What should I do? And of course, no, I did not. Uh, <laughs> but what it was is that what happened was. He, it was through Disney, and so we got to go to the premiere, the red carpet premiere of the Chicken Little movie, okay? <laughs> so, so we got to walk the red carpet at the Chicken Little movie, and we're just contest winners. I'm not even the contest winner. I'm the friend of the contest winner, okay? <laughs> so you feel like you, we had our own photographer, paparazzi photographer, taking pictures of us. And it feels really surreal. You feel like you're floating on air. You're just like, wow. And then I remember walking on the red carpet and some, this group of photographers telling me to get out of the way. And I'm like, why? You know, we're on the red carpet. And I realized I'm in their frame because they have a real celebrity they're trying to take a picture of. Mm. And it was the Cheetah <laughs> Girls. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're like some group with Disney, some like music group, some like pop I no idea, guys. No idea. All and and the kid from Two and a Half Men was there, and so like I was in their frame, and they kept telling me to move, and it takes the air out of it. You, you're feeling special, and then you're not. It's awful. <laughs> but we got to meet Zach Braff. We got to meet Fred Willard, and I think the highlight was meeting Andy Garcia. Oh, nice. Because. We met him, and he's not as tall as I was expecting. I was expecting, you know, and his head is really, it's a big head. And it, it makes him photograph well, you know what I mean? Uh, but he, you know, he meets us, and he's like, uh, so who are you guys, you know? And we're contest winners, and he's like, hey, what kind of contest did you win? Was it like a win a date with the Chicken Little contest, huh? And, <laughs> and after that, I just giggled like an idiot the whole rest of the time because Andy Garcia mm-hmm. was joking with us. It was awesome. It's so cool. But it's like, it was a weird feeling because we got to go to Disney for free for a day. Disneyland, because we had flown to California. And so we got to do all that. And we got to do California Adventure and spa treatment and all this stuff on the free. It was crazy. But you start to feel like a poser. You know what I mean? It's like all these people taking pictures of you. And you're like, well, that's the industry I want to be in. But they see me as just like 
some guy who won a contest, didn't even win a contest, you know? So it was interesting, like that, doing that kind of propelled me to start focusing more on being a filmmaker. And I went to film school the next year, you know? Um, so yeah, it's not really, I have some film stories, we'll talk more. We all, we'll, we'll have more of these story time things later. But that was, that was my uh, unearned fame deal where I, yeah, I have pictures with me and Chicken Little on the red carpet. Oh, ah, brilliant. Met Andy Garcia, mate. Top stuff, that. Andy Garcia. Brilliant. That was the one where I was like, holy shit. But Fred Willard, I don't know if you know who Fred Willard is, but he was in, uh, have you ever seen the Christopher Guest movies, like Best in Show and uh, the My uh, Mighty Wind and, gosh, uh, Spinal Tap. He's in Spinal Tap. Uh, like no. He's like this great comedic actor. He's like, he's a badass. You have to look him up and you'd be like, oh, that guy. So... So, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, we survived story time. There you go. <laughs> Hopefully you survived it as well. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's the end of our story time segment. And that's the end of the big show. We've wrapped it up. Um, so uh, if you're listening via podcast, please subscribe to the Toffee Blues podcast. We're, it's pretty awesome. We've, people have listened to us on six of the seven continents. It's nuts. <laughs> All right, North America, South America, Asia, Europe, Australia, Africa. It's awesome. All right, it's been pretty cool. There are toffees everywhere. It's a wonderful thing. Um, so check us out there. Also, please subscribe to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel. Okay, uh, if you've been listening to us via podcast, just know you can listen. And, uh, you can check us out on YouTube as well. You can see some of our faces if that's something you're interested in. Just saying. Um, yeah, and, uh, check out both of these guys, both, uh, Max and Ben on the Toffee Blues website. They do analysis on there often, uh, and, uh, you'll find, uh, Tom also, you'll find him on the Liverpool Echo Fan Jury, and Max will be on podcast after podcast after podcast. It's just a thing he does. Uh, yeah, check their Twitter feeds, guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, and check out the Toffee Blues website itself. Tons of everything, Everton. Just check it there. Um, and check out the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. No more plugging. We are finished. Uh, yeah, guys, thanks so much. Uh, we'll go ahead and say, say bye for Max. See you later. All right, for Tom. See you. All right, and for me. Bye-bye.